All righty, everybody. Good morning. This is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. On a Wednesday, uh, we are here to recap Week 10, give some thoughts about Week 11. Uh, big game Thursday night, Arizona, Seattle. Looking forward to that one. Wiz, how you doing today? Yeah, hanging there. Uh, <clears throat> week uh, 11 is upon us tomorrow, kicking off with, uh, which could be the, very well be the game of the week, the Seahawks. Versus uh, Arizona, and uh, if you remember the first time they played, what an incredible, incredible game uh, that uh, Arizona won in overtime. Yeah, it was, and obviously Arizona's coming off uh, an even more incredible win uh, this this past week. Uh, certainly uh, coming in with some some momentum into that very big divisional matchup uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, and, and the Seahawks are struggling without that run game and. Uh, and certainly Russell Wilson has not been as effective as he was most of the season the last couple of games. So a uh, lot to talk about uh, as we do a little bit of a recap here um, uh, for week number 10. So let's, let, let's go right to the, um, let's go right to the, uh, to the Buffalo Bills and, and, and that, that crazy game. They're going to be off this week, but at some point in time, you know, and I know Josh Allen, we were kind of naysayers on him, but, you know, the team is just completely dependent on the passing game right now. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, they have to use the bye week to get a more effective run game. You know, as, as the weather is going to get colder here, it's going to be more challenging for them to kind of wing the ball down the field on a consistent basis. Uh, I know uh, I know you picked up Tyler Bass in a few leagues, and, he, you know, he made owners proud uh, this week with those kicks indoors, but... Uh, you know, do you think this is going to be able to be continued, uh, you know, for the Bills if they can't find a running game? I think that's a big concern as we get into these last few weeks of the season with the weather turning when you start to play games in in, in Buffalo. No, I don't think it's going to they're going to be able to sustain that for a few reasons. One is if you if you watch the Bills over the season, you know, Josh Allen is taking some really really brutal hits. He's left games, uh, and he's very more than willing to fake the hand off the Moss or Singletary and keep it himself and, and, and have double-digit carries. And I, I just don't think that's going to be sustainable. Um, I just, I'm just worried about the wear and tear, and, uh, and the passing game has been, has been great. But they, they have got to realize, you know, why they drafted Zach Moss and uh, – and he's a tough, tough runner. And like you said, as the weather gets a little colder, um, they really should <laughs> try and implement uh, the running game more, and especially uh, led by Zach Moss. But I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. You know, it, it, you know, when, when you look at what's happening there, um, uh, what they've what they've been able to do is is actually utilize Cole Beasley as almost like a pseudo running back. Uh, because they haven't been able to run, he's getting all these little short passes, and, and Cole Beasley has become a week-in and week-out fantasy starter, despite the fact that Diggs is there and John Brown is there, they're basically using Cole Beasley as part of their running game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no question about it. Uh, he's very, very tricky and difficult to cover in the middle of the field. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they're they definitely uh, doing that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just concerned that their defense hasn't really been able to stop anyone in there in these – shootouts often and uh i i just don't think that's the game plan that's going to win especially when it gets into the playoffs with cold weather and against much better competition so um yeah i, I don't i 
they, I, I just have to see what it looks like when the weather gets colder the last few games of the season and if they start doing some ground and pound with Zach Moss and then more play action off that. But um, only, only time will tell. All right, so we have the Jets coming off of a bye week. We have no no Sam Darnold again this week. Uh, Joe Flacco had actually a pretty good game the last time we saw him. Um, and, you know, it, it was a little encouraging to see, you know, those Jet receivers finally together on the field uh, in, in one game because we haven't seen that all year long. Uh, maybe a little advertisement for Trevor Lawrence. Um, and and uh, in the off week, we saw um, – potentially that the Jets will actually start to take a much closer look at uh, at LaMichael Perrine here. So I think for teams that have uh, endured some injuries issues, um, you know, at the running back spot, he's a guy that's probably hanging around, especially after the bye week on a few waiver wires. So it'll be interesting to see how the Jets come out of that. Do you have any, I mean, look, I, I know the Jets haven't won a game. They've changed the play calling. It's not, not Adam Gase calling anymore, but you know, we got some big game. We got a big game out of Perryman last time. Denzel Mims has looked good when he's on the field. We know how consistent uh, crowd has been, you know, is it possible a few of these jet guys are going to be, uh, you know, factors as we kind of, move through the rest of the season yeah it's, it's, it's difficult to like grade these jet players some of these players with joe flacco isn't joe flacco going to be starting again this week yeah Donald's going to miss another game yeah he's he's starting yep yeah so it's, it's kind of difficult to, to grade mims and 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 p ryan as well um you know they say they're going to give him the lion's share of the carries and i'm assuming uh take them at their word that they're going to do that. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I just, I, I just don't know. I, I think the Jets have got to just start from scratch and, 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 you know, get rid of management, get rid of the head coach, get somebody in there. And, uh, you know, if they're lucky enough to get uh, Trevor Lawrence or Fields, you know, they, they have to think about that. I know Sam Donald, whatever is relatively a young quarterback still, but, I, I just I just don't know. I, I just think they there needs to be a change of scenery maybe for Sam Donald and and for the Jets. So I think as soon as the season's over, it'll be just a matter of days before they let Adam Gase go and uh, and 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 you know Trevor Lawrence uh, watch will start depending uh, if they end up with that number one pick. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm going to give myself a failing grade and, and the player as well. But boy, Chris Herndon has just. He's completely disappeared. Actually, I think that's something to watch, actually. Ryan, Ryan Griffin caught a couple of balls last week, um, and he just seems to do that when he gets in there. But uh, I thought that player would actually have a good year. Now, granted, it hasn't been with Sam Donald much of the year, where, where some chemistry was built upon uh, in both of their first years in 2018. But what a disaster he has been. And, yeah, that's a, it's a, that's a failing grade by me and, and the player. It's just not been – it's been a disaster watching Chris Herndon this year. Um, yeah, I mean, you weren't the only one that was high on Chris Herndon. I know a lot of people uh, liked him. I mean, I, I wasn't in that camp of, you know, uh, you know Chris Herndon. I was more of a TJ Hawkinson uh, guy. But, um, but yeah, he, to the extent that he has completely disappeared is uh, kind of baffling. I'm just wondering what the story is with that. It just seems like, you know, he was the darling of fantasy prognosticators in the preseason and he looked uh, like he was going to have a great year as long as he could stay healthy and uh, he has lost all confidence and it looks like the Jets have lost all confidence in him. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. It's just uh, it's not a it's not a good story when you're watching that situation. Uh, well, two good stories coming out of New England right now. We talked a little bit about it the other day, and it's Damian Harris's play at running back, and we know what the Patriots can do effectively. And Jacoby Myers has just been really terrific for four straight weeks. This week, he actually threw a touchdown pass. Former uh, former quarterback in high school, he threw a nice little touchdown pass to Burkhead. Um, are those two players that you think that people are going to be able to continue to lean on? Because Myers has been good now four weeks in a row, despite Cam Newton's inconsistencies. And Harris just, I know he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield. And the, and the New England, you know, pass catchers in terms of, you know, with, with White and Burkhead, those are the guys who are going to do that. But Harris has just been running over people every single week that he's been in there. I don't know why Bill Belichick wouldn't just give him the ball 20 to 25 times because he has been grinding out five, six yards almost every time he touches the ball. Yeah, I think he's the best running back suited for what the New England personnel is at this point. I mean, I think they're going to get Edelman back, uh, I don't know, another week or two, maybe a couple of weeks. I, I don't know. But they, when you when you watch New England play, it's like if you could make the middle of the field cloudy against them, it's difficult for them to move the ball because of two reasons. One, their receivers don't necessarily get great separation. And two, I don't think Cam Newton has the ability right now to hurt teams throwing the ball deep down the field. So, um, you know, Edelman coming back and Jacoby Myers and and uh, Bird and, and Harry, if he gets on the field, they're all like, kind of like not field stretchers where you have to worry about stretching the field and getting beat by the deep pass. And <clears throat> that make it that would make it that makes it difficult. And certainly Harris, if if he had that, uh, you know, some receivers that could stretch the field and, and, and get. So the defenders out of the box, it would help him. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, with the personnel they have, they kind of go have to go with the ground and pound and Cam Newton occasionally keeping the ball and uh, kind of doing what they did against the Ravens. Yeah, so the last team in this division is the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are 6-3. and three. They're really staring at a playoff spot. Um, they're playing well. The defense is playing exceptionally well. I think you have to have confidence putting that group out there, uh, basically on, on, on most matchups. Uh, we saw some great things from Salvan Ahmed this week. Um, we know Gaskins has been hurt, and they just cut uh, Jordan Howard. So, And Jakeem Grant getting in there with Preston Williams out. So to, a different dimension with those, those both of those players in there. And, and another guy that's disappointed all year long. I expected more from the tight end. I know Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator, not a huge tight end guy, uh, but Mike Kosicki has just been super inconsistent. I actually dropped him in one league. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Uh, you know, is this going to continue? Do you think those players, you know, are, are you confident putting Ahmed out there if you need a running back? Um, is Grant a good filler in at wide receiver? And is Gesicki droppable at this point in time? Yeah, I think yes for all of those things. Um, Gesicki, I mean, he's just another guy this year. Um, he hasn't taken that step into the top 10 tight ends, which a lot of people thought. He's just, you know, use, you know part of the personnel, and they're using 12 personnel often and uh, you know he's he hasn't been a big part of the game plan and um and uh yeah i mean i'm loving what i've seen out of the defense i think their defense is uh <clears throat> a must add if they're free agents in any league i know uh a boy jd from um from cape cod picked them up uh last week or the week before and uh he's uh happy with that move and uh definitely their defense is is, is good and 
the Dolphins are, are a playoff team. They have the look of a playoff team, and the game does not look too fast for Tua, and um, he, he looks electric out there. I mean, um, he's just made for this kind of offense, getting rid of the ball quickly, West Coast offense, being able to run. He looks quick. There's not even a single word talked about that injury anymore. It's not even discussed. He looks so good. So uh, I am loving what I see from the Dolphins, and uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in that AFC for several years down the road. Not only do they have talent, but they have a lot of young talent, and uh, and uh, there's a lot to like. And I know our boy uh, uh, Eric Brown uh, is loving that as a diehard Dolphins fan. So yeah, a lot, a lot to like about Miami. All right, so I'm going to move. Uh, I'm going to move out west. Uh, I, I want to talk about the Raiders a little bit. So um, they got almost 200 yards rushing in, in this ball game, but you know, one thing that still is just bothering me, and, and believe me, I I thought the Raiders were a playoff team to start the year. I, I put in a, a decent sized wager on on them winning more than seven games. They're currently at six, so so it's been playing out the way I thought uh, along those lines. What's not playing away? What's not playing right is is that offense, uh, and I'm talking specifically about the passing offense where. I, I don't know. You know, we've talked about this a few times. Again, we think we think Waller's as talented as any tight end in the NFL, uh, but not using the player effectively. Granted, he did drop a touchdown this past week. Henry Ruggs is nowhere to be found. I mean, Aguilar, uh, you know, an Eagles castoff has basically been the most consistent receiver here. They're not even using, uh, the, you know, we've talked about how strong um, uh, Hunter Renfro looked in the slot. This passing game is missing in action. You got to look on a milk carton for what's going on in the passing game. What is the story with this team? Yeah, I mean, so I watch it a lot of college football, a lot. And to me, the three most refined wide receivers in order for me was CeeDee Lamb one, Jerry Judy two, and Justin Jefferson three. And I was shocked to see. Henry Ruggs taken as the first receiver. Um, he's, he's, you know, an electric player, but he's just not refined and skilled as those other guys. And to see the Eagles take Jalen Rieger ahead of Justin Jefferson, I mean, I, I think the Vikings probably made that pick in exactly two seconds after uh, the Eagles took right before them Rieger instead of Jefferson. And uh, Jefferson looks terrific. And CeeDee Lamb with Dak Prescott looks like he is going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. And, uh, and Jerry Judy's gotten things on track. So I was a little puzzled by the pick, especially what the kind of the Raiders, what they really want to do. And uh, I don't understand the usage either of, of Henry Ruggs. I don't understand why Renfro is not out there a lot. He, he looks like he could be a very good slot player. And um, it, it's strange what they, what they doing. I don't know between Gruden and Mayock, you know, two really good offensive minds, and Mayock is supposed to be having a really great opinion on these college players. I'm kind of confused what they did um, with that wide receiver pick. I, I thought they could have gotten themselves uh, a better player, and I just don't understand the usage either, of especially Ruggs and Renfro. Uh, I'll tell you what's confusing right now is, um, you know, a situation which I think a lot of owners thought uh, with uh, Austin Eckler going down um, that, that uh, Josh uh, Josh Kelly would step in uh, and be the main running back here. 
Uh, that has not been the case at all. Justin Jackson stepped in a couple of games. He's gotten hurt, and, and hard to believe that Kalen Balazs has actually become a name that people are looking at to depend on um, here later in the season. But uh, Eckler should be back next week. There's been some good news. We're seeing him running on the sidelines, which is great, and I think it's a, it's a missed dimension here. You can't put too much on, on, your, rookie, on your rookie quarterback. Justin Herbert's been terrific, uh, but... Uh, you know, is it is it is it another week where we're going to see Kalen Balaj leading this backfield in touches? Yeah, it looks like that's where it's headed. I mean, I I've been shocked. I mean, Joshua Kelly looked terrific when he was filling in for Eckler and and he was getting some playing time and he looked really good. And I, I don't know what happened. So then when uh, Eckler went down, I thought, okay, there's going to be an interesting timeshare between Justin Jackson and. Joshua Kelly, like, you know, I'm just, you know, it looked to me like the role of Eckler was going to be filled by Justin Jackson and, and, and Joshua Kelly was going to be, you know, when they needed the tough yards, when they got down the goal line, all of that. And I think maybe that's how it started out. And then I don't know what happened. Then Justin Jackson got hurt and all of a sudden you see Tremaine Pope and then you see Belage get in there and like, I don't know. You figured Joshua Kelly would have been first on the depth chart after Eckler and Justin Jackson went down. He's clearly third on the depth chart now. So um, I don't know what to make of it. It's a maddening situation. Uh, I don't think you could trust anyone. And uh, until Eckler gets back there, I'm not sure what you're supposed to do with the with that Charger running back situation. That's a perfect segue of not knowing what to do with players uh, into the next team that I want to talk about, and that's uh, Indianapolis. So we saw last Thursday night, and, and the Colts had an impressive win uh, in that ball game against Tennessee. Uh, but Naheem Hines was the guy that ended up being the guy leading that backfield. Uh, Michael Pittman ended up be the, being the player that was the most dependable uh, in terms of wide receivers. So going into this week, what, what are you to do uh, if you're a T.Y. Hilton owner, if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, if you're any player on the Indianapolis Colt owner? We've talked about this before, but... Is there any confidence in what direction this is going to go in, in the coming week or is just going to be a continued week-by-week guess? Yeah, the short answer is no. There's no confidence. There's no, you know, there's nothing it's difficult to predict. Uh, Jonathan Taylor played very well in that game. He got a couple of tough runs on, on fourth down when there was contact behind the line of scrimmage. He caught a few passes and looked dynamic and quick and tough. And yeah, Heinz looked very, Heinz looked strong. There's no question about that. He looked quick. Um, he uh, is a great pass catching running back. He, he looked dynamic out there. Um, so, so it's, it, it's difficult to guess if you have like Jonathan Taylor and Heinz on your team, uh, my first option would be to tell you put someone else out there because you just don't know. But if you don't and you have to start one of those guys, honestly, it's just complete guesswork at this point. Um, what they're going to do, you, you, you just can't start either guy uh, with confidence. I guess in a PPR league, I guess you're okay with sending out name Hines out there, um, feeling that he's going to catch some passes, but, uh, it's a complete situation to avoid. And uh, it's tough to know what running back is going to play when you feel that the coaching staff going into the game doesn't even know. It's kind of like, 
okay, we'll start the game and we'll see what happens and let's see who gets hot for a couple of carries and then that's it. They're going to sit the other guys for most of the game. So um, if you have someone else, start them. If you have Hines and Taylor and you're trying to figure out what to do, it, good luck to you. Uh, very, very difficult. Yeah, and, and look, it's a very big game this week. Uh, it's a... Uh, uh... We're, go, we're going cross-conference here where the Colts are playing the Packers, so it's one of the better matchups of the week. You know, two teams that are heading for the playoffs, and, uh, you know, you try to think about game flow in this game, right? Like, so, you know, you could think of it two ways, like if you're the Colts, right? Do, do you want to play keep away a little bit, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field? Aaron Rodgers has been as hot as any quarterback, quite frankly, uh, this year, uh, and playing a little keep away from, from, this, from, this, uh, from this offense by – you know, getting into a little bit more of a power running game, but we saw Hines, he was very effective. Or is this a game where potentially, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets up top and it's, you know, if it's a 14 nothing, 17-3 lead for the Packers and, and then Hines is going to be the guy that's going to be catching the ball out of the backfield, I really don't know. You know, you really got to think about game flow. I'm not super confident. I think I think if I was personally faced with the decision, I'd probably lean to, to Hines this week thinking that, you know, there's a potential that you're going to be playing from behind, and he'll be catching the ball. So, but but it's a it's it's definitely a numbing situation, no no doubt about that. Speaking of numbing, certainly situ- a situation to avoid if you can. No, it's tough. It's tough, and they're both talented players. You know, I, I want to talk about another talented player who's just you know, again, he's been very consistent, but not what I want to see from this player. In that, I thought he would be on the on the way to catching more in the eighty to eighty five ball type vicinity this year and he's had some big plays and this week was just a shock he catches the first ball in the in the first possession uh 21 yard game I'm talking about AJ Brown I just don't understand why I again I know this is a run first team but he's a too talented player to be you know looked at three or four times in a particular game just sometimes very frustrated with the offense this player's talent seems wasted sometimes in this particular offense yeah, I mean, I think uh, – I wouldn't say A.J. Brown is like a weekly boom or bust candidate. Um, he, To your point, he definitely should be more consistent where he catches at least five, six passes a game. I mean, they, they should be throwing it to him ten times a game. But, um, yeah, sometimes uh, – I, I think that, I think the Titans, when I watch them, they have to become a little bit more creative in their, in their, in their game – in their play calling, it just seems like when other defenses kind of get a feel when they're going to run play action, they're not really respecting the run, even though they have Derrick Henry, and they're kind of like onto that play. And I just think they got to kind of move A.J. Brown a little bit more around the field uh, instead of just playing him out there on the left sideline where he either comes across the middle or they throw it deep to him. So kind of kind of use him a little bit more in the formation in different ways and uh, change it up. And maybe the Titans will do that. But, yeah, that, that clunker of – one for 21 and literally came on, I think, their first offensive play and to sit on a donut the rest of the game is very frustrating. Uh, one player who's not been frustrating this year, Wiz, and I know you drafted him, and well, not drafted him, you picked him up in one league, or maybe drafted him, I, don't, I can't remember, but but James Robinson has just been a remarkable story. And when you think about... I drafted him. Oh, you did draft him. Okay, so an undrafted free agent. And now, by the way, there's no Chris Thompson, I mean, he is the he is the guy. He's touching the ball twenty five to thirty times, basically every week. I you know I haven't watched closely lately where he's been priced on DraftKings, but 
He should probably be at the top three or four because of the volume that, he, that the player is going to see. And he's just not backed off of his tremendous performance. You know, at some point in time, you expect him to hit a little bit of a rookie wall. But this has just been an amazing story in fantasy circles this year. Yeah, he, he's been good. I mean, I think, you know, with the Thompson injury and the fact they don't have really much else on the depth chart, he's become one of the few absolute workhorse running backs in, 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 in the league where he's just getting tremendous amount of volume. I mean, I really think they should throw him the ball a little bit more. I mean, he's had these games where he catches one, two passes. I mean, really should throw him the ball because in the open field is really where he excels. And uh, if you just get him the ball and a couple of screens or just to get him out in the pattern and throw it to him, I think he can make some big plays in the passing game as well. So um, it's kind of difficult, though, with what's going on with the quarterback situation, you know, uh, kind of like a third-string quarterback who gets elevated to first string and, and has to play the last couple of games. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think you know, with the amount of work that Robinson's getting, uh, he still is, um, you know, a must-start every single week, no matter who they're playing, and uh, including uh, including this week. Uh, and I believe they're playing Pittsburgh this week, right? Um, yep. So I would still start him, uh, and uh, yeah, the, the the workload is just has just been great, and he he's he's been a terrific player this year. You're uh, teeing it up for me here, T- uh, talking about players that you know you talked about confidence in starting every week, but I'm going to tee it up right now f- uh, with with Lamar Jackson, and I think this has become. Uh, you know, I remember having this conversation with my partner Jim in, in one of these leagues where we wanted to take one of those elite quarterbacks early in the draft and I wanted to take Mahomes and he's begging me to take Lamar Jackson. I told him to sit down. Uh, luckily I won out on that particular uh, decision, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think you can start Lamar Jackson with confidence here right now that, that, that I know it was rainy and, and disgusting this week. I just don't think Marquise Brown has played particularly well. Uh, also on this, you know, the offense has not looked good. It's not looked crisp. Um, I think they need – I know they brought Des Bryant in, 33 years old. He looks very washed up. But I think they definitely need to use Devin Duvernay more because when he touches the ball, he's he's the fastest guy on the field. But I don't know. I don't think you can have confidence if you are a Lamar Jackson owner right now to just automatically roll him out there every single week right now I think is, is a dangerous game that you're playing. Yeah, I think um... – yeah, I think there's been a lot of frustration, some regression, uh, a year's worth of game film on Lamar Jackson. And, uh, yeah, he just doesn't seem confident uh, and poised just having to throw out of the pocket. And uh, it just hasn't uh, it, it just hasn't worked out for them. And uh, Marquise Brown has just become, you know, basically – a guy that couldn't should be dropped in almost all formats. He's just not getting volume, and it's, it's difficult to start a wide receiver. He, he's almost at this point, I guess, in like the Henry Ruggs category, where you gotta hope it's like four for seventy and that long touchdown, or three for seventy and like the long touchdown. He's just not going to get the volume on a game by game basis, and uh, his numbers have been absolutely putrid. Uh, this season and uh, and Mark Andrews, another guy who is, I don't know, top three or four tight end behind what Kittle and Kelsey and probably in the talk with Ertois and Waller, uh, you know, coming into the season. Uh, and he's been pedestrian. He has just been 
another guy. Uh, as far as stats go, TJ Hawkinson's outperformed him. Drew Smith um, has, 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 has played as well as he has. I mean, there is just a number and number of tight ends that have been as good as Mark Andrews in fantasy football this year, and uh, he looks really pedestrian. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he dropped an easy ball. I mean, like I said, I know it was a rainy night there. The easy ball over the middle the other night just dropped, just dropped it. Just, just he's I I don't know when I've seen him, he just has not been effective. I know he had a couple of good games early, but recently it's not been effective. Um, you know, the one thing that's clear to me when you look at Cleveland, and especially you know we talked about it a couple of times, we're starting to get into cold weather, and this is the this is the antithesis of the uh, of of the uh, Buffalo Bills and. I think you could just expect the Cleveland Browns to run the ball over 40 times a game going forward here uh, and and be real confident in probably both of those running backs. I know both of them won over 100 in this particular game. This being Chubb's first game back, I think Chubb will be leaned on a lot more, uh, and, and you'll probably see a little dissipation in the numbers from, from Kareem Hunt. But make no mistake about it. Uh, Cleveland Browns are running the ball, and they're, and they're going to run the ball into the playoffs. That's my view on that. That's Stefanski knows what works for him. I don't see it being any different, and that should continue. Do you have a view on, on Kareem Hunt off the back of that? Do you think I'm right in that you know, Chubb will definitely be the accelerant here where he'll be getting the ball you know, probably 60 65% of the time and, and, and Hunt sprinkled in? If you've been leaning on Hunt, you know, over the last five, six weeks, you may have a, a little bit more inconsistency in that performance. Do you think I'm right on that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Hunt... I mean, I, I, let's put it like this. When Nick Chubb went down, it was like Nick... It was like Kareem Hunt. He's going to be like, you know, a top three or top five fantasy running back. I mean, he he was okay. He was okay in the time Chubb missed. He, was, he wasn't great. He wasn't putting up spectacular numbers. He had a, a, a couple of decent games here or there. But I honestly think... He is better with Nick Chubb there, where Nick Chubb is grounding and pounding you, and and they're running the ball over the place, and then they 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 bring in Nick, uh, they bring Cream Hunt for stretches, and they throw him the ball, and they run the ball, and he kind of gets a hundred yards in offense, and sometimes depending on the situation, he'll get a touchdown. But yeah, I mean, you're looking at that offense, and you can't have confidence in Baker Mayfield, and and. You know Landry and Rashad Higgins and those guys—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're okay, but that's all they are are okay. So you have to lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and that running game, and uh, I think they are going to get more and more carries as the season goes on every single game. So yeah, I agree with you. All right, super. Uh, I don't have anything more to add on the, on the AFC. Uh, you know, we touched upon a few things. Uh, before our podcast on with the Monday night game, yeah, I just want to add one thing that you didn't mention either. You, you mentioned the Raiders, but you, we didn't get into KC. But just an interesting, fun game for the Sunday night game because there's like some more and more facts coming out that after the Raiders won that game in Kansas City, the team bus went around around the stadium, kind of like taunting Kansas City. So I don't know. I mean. It's an interesting situation when you now have a Kansas City team that has that elite talent, and now they kind of like feel they've been given like a little dig in the side of the ribs. What's going to happen in this game on Sunday night? So just an added thing to think about, and, uh, and I think it was going to be a fun game. Is this? Uh, we'll have to take a close look at the prop bets for that particular game. It sounds like you're thinking that uh, Pat Mahomes could come out of this break and be winging it winging it to the tune of 400 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, you may 
see one of those games where he counts the touchdowns on his fingers, and I don't know how many it's going to go to, but it, it's not the game. It's not going to be the type of game where they're playing at home uh, and they're up by, you know, 13 points in the fourth quarter and, like, they're just looking to kind of, like, run clock and get out of there. Maybe a different element of this type of game, and uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, uh, yeah, the Raiders de- deployed an interesting strategy in that game. They kind of, like... We're putting eight guys back and rushing three, and then, you know, that's what teams are going to do. You know, that's the way to beat the Chiefs is just play eight guys back and rush three, and, you know, it's a copycat league, and then Pat Mahomes throws three touchdown passes, four touchdown passes, five touchdown passes, 400 yards, 430 yards, 380 yards, and it's like, yeah, I'm not sure that strategy is going to work or any strategy is going to work. So I think this will be a game where, uh, Kansas City's going to uh, – the Raiders are going to have to kind of score a lot of points to keep up with them. Yeah, which is concerning because they really haven't utilized uh, that passing game the way the way I think uh, many people thought they potentially would. So yeah, that's a that's a good call. I'm, I'm, I saw I saw the snippet with Gruden and Gruden was his usual uh, chirpy self when he, he was responding to the question during the press conference the other day. So yeah, that's a, that's a fun situation. I mean, they're I mean they're close, right? I mean, Andy. I mean they're they're yeah. from that Green Bay Forty Niners. Yeah, that's from Green the Holmgren tree. Yep. With all of those quarterbacks, you know, with Holmgren and and all, and and from that tree, so they're 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 friendly and they you know they have a lot of respect for each other. But I don't know, it's kind of an interesting situation to poke the bear in that kind of uh, you know you see you win a road game like that, you know you want to get out of there and feel good about yourself. Interesting thing to do is to win that game and taunt them when you know that down the road you're going to be playing them as again. So we're going to have to see what happens, but uh, could be some fireworks in that game. All right, good stuff. Um, uh, let's talk about uh, l- let's talk about what's going on uh, in, in Washington again. Amazing story with Alex Smith. Uh, look, this offense. By the way, that team showed incredible resilience in that game. They should have won that game. Actually, uh, Chase Young with that penalty, which allowed uh, Matt Stafford to get Prater to kick the winning field goal. Um, and we're moving to the NFC here, if you haven't uh, noticed. So, but Smith has been an amazing story. McKissick is becoming. A really must must play every week, especially in PPR league, because he's just catching so many balls in this particular offense. Uh, you know, do you see this continuing for Alex Smith? Uh, you know, for guys, I don't know. Look at Lamar Jackson versus if if, if you have Lamar Jackson and, and maybe Alex Smith is your backup quarterback. Am I crazy to suggest that Alex Smith may be giving you more success to win a game than Lamar Jackson? I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm, I wouldn't be willing to say that yet. But what I am willing to say is. Um, the insertion of Alex Smith is pure gold for J.D. McKissick. It's it's gold. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold, like on Seinfeld. It, it's 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 pure, like Banya would say to, with Jerry Seinfeld. It's gold. It's pure gold. I mean, he, he that's what he really wants to do. And man, I think you're going to see games where McKissick catches five, seven, nine passes a game the rest of the year. And if you have J.D. McKissick in a PPR format, points per reception. Uh, he is an absolute must-start, and I don't care who the other running backs are on your roster because he's just going to catch a ton of passes, and then he gets the occasional ca- you know carries, and he can score a touchdown as well, uh, like you know uh, last week. And uh, yeah, Jamie McKissick is uh, is terrific, and uh, Alex Smith has really elevated his fantasy 
uh, football status this last half of the season. You know, it's interesting. I picked up Steven Sims Jr. in one league, and, um, you know, he's coming back from an injury. He had a toe injury, and he was super effective at the end of last season. And, and much like McKissick, he's going to catch those short – and out of the slot, he's going to catch those short passes – I would still say he's a player to watch, especially if there's more injuries as the season wears on and that if he potentially uh, gets a little bit more repetitions, he increased his repetitions this week from the first week. But it's a player I just would mention that it's somewhere that Alex Smith is going to look to. We know McCarron what he does, but, but Steven, Steven Sims Jr. was really good last year at the end of the season. Yeah, he, he, he was good. I mean, um, you know, I just think the pecking order um, – you know, there are three guys that you want to own on that offense is Terry McLaurin, clearly, and then both running backs, Gibson and, and J.D. McKissick. And then after that, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, you have to be in a very, very deep league and uh, to think about anybody else. But I am loving those other three players. All right, what are we doing about the Eagles, Wiz? Because, uh, you know, I know you're not a Carson Wentz guy and, you know, Miles Sanders came back, but... Th- Things seem to be getting more and more tense around the play calling, around Carson Wentz. It's, I don't know, that, that's becoming a very concerning situation to me. Uh, you know, too, if there were stands in the fans right now, it would be getting really ugly for sure. But, uh, you know, at this point in time, what's your, what's your view on the Eagles for the rest of this season? Yeah, it seems the more players that the Eagles have hurt, the better they play. Um, they get Rieger back. They get Goddard back. All Sean Jeffrey steps on the field. Miles Sanders is back on the field. And it just looked like they were better when they had Boston Scott, Travis Fulgham, and, and Ward as their main weapons. Uh, I can't explain it. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm not surprised anytime the Eagles let their fans down or fantasy owners down. And just, you know, I just am not thrilled with Carson Wentz outside of when he can make those crazy athletic uh, schoolyard-type plays, just running plays out of a system where he has to find the open receiver and his reads are not great. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I know that line went up to like four and a half or five points on the road, but I'm not sure really why. I mean, the Giants play hard, um, and the game in Philly, the Giants clearly dominated that game and should have won for the exception of like the last five, six minutes of the game. So it was a strange point spread to me. And by no means was I surprised that the Giants kind of walloped them in that game at home. Yeah. And you, you called it, you know, Daniel Jones uh, talking about the Giants. Daniel Jones played a really exceptional game. No turnovers, uh, got big plays out of, uh, out of Goldman in the backfield. Uh, Slayton made a couple of really big catches in the game. I just Sterling, uh, Sterling Shepard has been very, very consistent since he's come back from his injury. So I'm very excited about the Giants in general because Joe Judge is a no-nonsense no guy. The team seems to be responding to him well. The defense is playing very good. Um, so, yeah, the Giants, I'm encouraged what I'm seeing here. I'm, I'm very, very encouraged what's happening. I think the Giants really should focus on this upcoming draft on, on, on defensive players. I mean, uh, I think, you know, with Goldman, the way he's played, I mean, he's a competent backup to Saquon Barkley. And, uh, you know, with with Shepard and, and Ingram, you know, even though I'm not his biggest fan, and, and certainly Slayton, and I, I really like the promising young Austin Mack. I think he could be uh, a good receiver, eventually, you know, take over for Golden Tate. Um, there's a lot to like about the offense. Um, you know, Daniel Jones has just got to be better with the ball security. But, yeah, I think they if they could really focus on, on, our, on our pass rush, the draft, 
uh, I like things for the Giants going forward. All right, there's one offense that's uh, n- not really pleasant and things aren't going well. And, uh, you know, I've been talking about it for the better part of 18 months, and, and the Chicago Bears uh, continue to show you that they have no effectiveness in whoever's calling the plays there. Uh, it's a shame for Allen Robinson. If I was Allen Robinson, by the way, I would find my way out of there as fast as I could and get myself to a more competent situation. But the Bear offense is just terrible. Uh, and we talked about this going into the game. Minnesota was 3-5. and five. The Bears are 5-4. and four. I clearly felt that the Vikings were the better football team, and the Viking came, came, Vikings did come out with the win. Uh, but the Bears' situation, you know, I don't think you can have any confidence starting Chicago Bear players for the rest of the season. It's just now, now Foles is potentially going to miss time. I know you picked up Trubisky in, in, in a league or two, but this is just one big fat mess. Yeah, I mean, I predicted uh, before the game that if the Bears lost, that you would see Trubisky out of the bye week in Week 12 as a starter, and I'm, I'm even more confident that that's going to be the case. And that that would have felt strongly about that, uh, even if Dick Foles didn't get hurt on, on one of the last plays of the game. But I'm with you. Um, with the exception of Allen Robinson, who probably would be a wide receiver one on any other team, it's kind of like wide receiver two. Um, and he's the only player that you could start. He's just the he's just the only guy. I mean, nobody in the backfield. Mooney, Miller, <laughs> Jimmy Graham. We knew we we know we in our league we needed not we needed in our league the guy was in a tie. He needed one catch from Jimmy Graham to win his game, and he took a donut. And, uh, <laughs> Literally, analysis, well, by the way, I saw that happen in another league that I'm in. So two leagues yeah, I'm in, he needed one, one catch. One, one catch to win the game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I gave my analysis about, the you know, forecasting the result. I said, look, the guy should get one catch, but he is terrible, so it may not happen. And, yeah, he took he took a nothing burger. He took the old donut. And, um, and that, yeah, that's, that, that, that's awful, but... To your point, um, save Allen Robinson. There's nobody I'm sending out there for the Bears on offense. Uh, so the Detroit Lions managed to win that game. Uh, DeAndre Swift basically was the story of the day. Uh, you know, we talked about this three or f- maybe four or five weeks ago. We thought there'd be a transition and a, on a bunch of these teams where the rookie running backs would get more action. And it uh, looks like it's his there's a reason why they drafted him where he where he did. There was no preseason this year. But, man, he made some unbelievable runs, and he it continues to be an effective pass catcher out of the backfield. So if you drafted him, especially in keeper leagues, you should be smiling, smiling, smiling. Yeah, he's, he's looked great, and uh, he's shown a lot more toughness um, even than he did at Georgia. I mean, he always had that quickness and that athletic ability, and um, – he can catch the ball and he gets the open field. Obviously, he's going to be difficult to bring down. But, yeah, he's shown much more toughness and a different style to him. And uh, it definitely bodes well for uh, DeAndre Swift going forward. And uh, if you own him in a, in a keeper league, um, like you said, uh, there's a lot to be happy about. Uh, and I know you're happy because your Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins finally wins a Monday night game. Uh, and it was a little bit of an ugly win, but uh, Adam Thielen got off his uh, Chicago Bears schneid. He had two touchdowns, four catches, 43 yards. Justin Jefferson continues to look, 
you're, you know, very, very polished. Uh, and we've had, you were very excited when the Eagles took Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson was sitting there for your Minnesota Vikings to swoop in and, and draft. And he had a spectacular game uh, breaking that code of the Bear uh, secondary, which most offenses have not been able to do. Uh, it was nice to see Cousins. He was very emotional getting, getting that win. Uh, but you got to be pretty psyched. The, the Vikings are actually heading into three winnable games here. They were three and five. And, you know, we could be looking at a team in a couple of weeks. I'm not trying to put a jinx on them, but they're five and five right now. Uh, are they five and five? Oh, they're they're four, four, and five. Four, four and five, yeah. Four and five, but after three games from now, we could be looking at a team that's seven and five and poised to make the playoffs. Uh, I like what I saw, and it was a game where, where Dalvin Cook really couldn't do a lot, but Kirk Cousins did enough to win this game. They got Kyle Rudolph involved. We talked about Kyle Rudolph being a really good draft king pick and a, and, and a decent streamer, and he ends up having a good game. I love them in a prop bet and won some money on that. So, yeah, I was very happy to see what the Vikings did, and I think you know coming into this game against the Cowboys, we'll see what the Cowboys have I guess Andy Dalton's going to be back they were off this past week this is a big game for the for the Vikings to make a statement that secondary is still banged up which is a concern uh, you know for me and I know for you because they basically have guys off the street that are playing uh, on, on the corner here but you know the Vikings are playing well they're playing tough up front and I think you got to be excited for the Vikings the next couple of weeks yeah, I mean, they're going to probably be decent-sized favorite in those three home games. But, you know, listen, I, I wouldn't count that game against the Cowboys as a sure win. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott barely could walk the last couple of weeks, and now they're coming out of a bye week. So I'm just wondering if he's back to his normal self. And uh, with Andy Dalton, you know, they have electrifying receivers. Uh, that's not a gimme for the Vikings. The Vikings are going to have to score points in that game. Uh, and uh, one thing about the game on Monday night is, man, Adam Thielen gave it and he took it away in that game. I mean, he his line score was like four for forty, and you know, kind of predicted that you don't really your receivers don't go crazy, your number one receivers don't go crazy against the Bears because uh, they usually stop the opposing number one receiver. When we talked about that, it, but he did have two touchdown passes. But man, he had an easy catching, like alligator on it, very unusual for that play. And he alligator bombed it and went right into uh, Khalil Mack's hands for an interception. So, as a Viking fan, it was like, boy, Adam Thielen, you know, you 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 make some great catches, but you kind of gave up a, a, an interception, and that one's going to go on Kirk Cousins. It has nothing to do with Kirk Cousins right in his arms. And uh, the Vikings were up seven three and marching to go up fourteen to three. And uh, it was kind of a different game after that point. But uh, yeah, uh, the Vikings have three upcoming home games, and uh, they'll be favored to win all of them. We'll have to see how, how that plays out. Yeah, I'll just make uh, one quick note here in Green Bay. I don't have much to say about the game, uh, about the Packers in general. I mean, Rodgers has been terrific, but but Alan Lazard's coming back, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Valdez Scantling has started to play very well. So another weapon for Aaron Rodgers is something that will continue to help this offense uh, excel the way it has so far in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of confidence in that player, so uh, that's always a good thing because if he's got confidence in you, he'll throw it to you. If he doesn't, he doesn't really care. He won't throw you the ball. So, uh, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see the usage on him and how that works out. You're just never quite sure after Devonta Adams. Um, who's going to be on the field a lot? But uh, assuming that he's healthy. Uh, yeah, you got to expect that Lazard will play well. 
All right. I think one of the most intriguing games of the week, and, and, and we've seen this game become, you know, it's interesting. I, I, the last few years, there's been some unbelievably high-scoring ones, and there's been some low-scoring ones. But I'm talking about the Falcons playing New Orleans, and the, the game takes a completely different complexion this week because there's going to be no, no Drew Brees. We don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. Uh, Peyton has been fairly coy about that thus far. I think we can promise that but both quarterbacks will be involved in the game for the Saints. How this plays out for the rest of the Saint offense remains to be seen. You know, Atlanta's coming off a bye week. They fired Dan Quinn. They've responded so far. It looks like they're going to get Calvin Ridley back. I haven't looked at the point spread in this game just yet, but I think a very, very intriguing matchup. Falcons playing at home against New Orleans this week. I'm not sure what to expect. Like I said, I just think Taysom Hill is going to be a very big part of the game plan. That's my personal opinion. And I think in some leagues, you can use him as a tight end. And if he's out there on a free agent wire, please insert him at tight end. Feel free for that because he's going to have some big moments in this game. Really? He's eligible at tight end? Yep. Some leagues have made him eligible as a tight end. That is correct. Really? Okay. Yeah, I did not... uh... I didn't know that at all. It's very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, I think I think the game plan is they're not going to really take Taysom Hill out of what he's done uh, for the most part of the season, except they're going to just do more of that. Uh, you're going to see more series where Taysom Hill's in there. You're going to see more design plays for Taysom Hill. You're going to see more design runs for Taysom Hill. But I, I think as far as throwing the ball – um, I'd kind of be surprised if Winston, uh, you know, wasn't the guy that was throwing the ball uh, for the Saints. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, uh, yeah, I think the, you know, the earlier question, I remember I looked earlier in the week, and I think they had the Saints as like a five or five-and-a-half-point favorite, and, like, the total may have been, like, around 51 points. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, – the usage of the quarterback and, and exactly, you know, how they play. Because, yeah, I mean, I think conventional wisdom is that, you know, Winston will be throwing the ball. I don't know, have more plays for Taysom Hill. But I wouldn't be shocked if they just said to Taysom Hill, okay, let's have at it. Let's see what you can do. You're going to be quarterback in the whole game, throwing it and running it. And uh, that would be tremendous. Yeah, it would be fun to see. That's for sure. Um if you're one of these guys that was, uh, I don't know if to call it fortunate at this point in time, but I, I think if you uh, spent some money and picked up uh, Antonio Brown in, in waiver wires, uh, you better pay attention to what's going on because it uh, seems like uh, the temperamental one uh, has had some issues once again. And I think the NFL is going to be looking at this very closely. And uh, you may have to make some preparations. What did they say he did? He destroyed a camera? Yeah, threw a bicycle at a security guard and destroyed a camera. That is correct. But when did this happen? Two weeks ago. He was riding the bicycle and he threw it? or I think it was like on the side, on a fence or something. I haven't seen video of it yet, but apparently he, oh. uh, he, he took it. And where did it take? In a hotel uh, in, in the, in, in, down uh, in the Tampa area. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's the, he's the, yeah. Listen, you know, the guy, the guy was given not only a second chance, but a third chance and a fourth chance. And not only a fourth chance, but a fourth chance to come on a a real Super Bowl contending team. And uh, man, that is a sad situation. If he just can't get himself righted there and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, just, uh, he has gotten himself in more trouble because, 
he he's obviously on zero tolerance from the NFL and uh yeah, that could that could that could lead to a suspension that could cost him the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a problem. It's certainly a problem. Yeah, and I think um yeah, it's not 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 very good. Um, big run by Ronald Jones in that game. You know, do you, how do you see this backfield now kind of going forward? You know, it looked like, it looked like uh, Fournette had wrested control of it. Ronald Jones comes in. Is this another one of those maddening situations where you're going to be playing guesswork week in and week out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Do you have a view on how you think it's going to work, pan out? I, 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 don't have conf- I don't have confidence in either player right now. Like, who to start? I wouldn't know who to start. I, I actually went against Ronald Jones in, in three leagues this week. Two guys started him against me, and one guy had him on the bench um, and, and started Fournette over him. So, like, I, I, you know, good luck with that situation is what I would say. Yeah, I think, I think they want to probably – I think they really want Ronald Jones to be the workhorse guy and then sprinkle in Lenny Fournette uh, for some ground and pound at the end. And, 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 and he's definitely, man, it's difficult to say this because Lenny Fournette by no reason, by, by no means is Darren Sproles, but he is like Darren Sproles compared to Ronald Jones who, who just, you know, every catch is so difficult for him to watch him catch the ball is so, so difficult. So I think that's what they want to go with. They want to, like, use both guys. Uh, so I think I, I my preference is Ronald Jones, and I think he's going to be the workhorse guy. But it certainly is a game script kind of game where I think you'll see more Ronald Jones when they're ahead and then maybe kind of an even split or maybe 55-45 or 60-40 Leonard Fournette when they're in a game that they're uh, – have to come from behind. So um, that's how I see it. All right. And, um, you know, the, the Teddy Bridgewater, unfortunately, got hurt in that game. Uh, you know, I, I think you have to watch that situation if he doesn't play. You know, if you've been leaning on these Carol- this Carolina offense, and we should say Carolina's lost five games in a row. They they are one of these teams that's competitive week in and week out, kind of like the Giants. They, they, they've played very, very well. Uh, new coaching staff has, has, has done an excellent job here. Uh, Bridgewater's been pretty consistent. Robbie Anderson's been a, a great revelation. Once again, a, a jet cast off, uh, making, making uh, good steps towards a more successful career as a result of that. Uh, we know what Curtis Samuel's done the last few weeks. He had an off game this past week. But, you know, P.J. Walker could be a guy that gets in there. It looks like, it looks like uh, Bridgewater's going to practice, but just a situation that you need to monitor for your players. You're probably not going to have McCaffrey again, so I guess you'll be leaning on Mike Davis, and he's also coming off an injury from last week. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think um, it's kind of a downgrade um, for all of the skilled players, especially Robbie Anderson and probably um, DJ Moore as well. Uh, I'm assuming without McCaffrey, uh, they're going to really try and sprinkle in Curtis Samuel carrying the ball, short game to him. So I'm not sure how much of a hit he takes. I think he definitely takes a little bit of a hit. But the downfield receivers like Robbie Anderson and and DJ Moore – I think will be affected more by that. Did they say anything? I thought they said that Teddy Bridgewater was going to practice today and yeah, I, and more than likely play. I didn't see that he was going to be ruled out. That's what it looks like. So I just think, I just think you want to pay attention. Hopefully, he doesn't have any uh, setbacks. But it, it looked like it was not a, a major injury. So he'll probably wear a brace on his knee. But it looks like he's going to be okay. So just, just but just pay attention to that. That's all. Oh, definitely. Yep. 
All right, so let's move to the uh, last uh, division in the in, in the NFC, and um, I'll, I'll tell you this: I, I'm going to spend. I just want to say one thing about the 49ers. If, if Jordan Reed is is sitting on a waiver wire, they're off this week, uh, or if he gets put on a waiver wire, and you need some help, if you're if you leaned on maybe some of these tight ends that that haven't been consistent, and I know Jordan Reed is constantly hurt, but he's a guy that I would definitely take a chance on if he gets dropped this week because they're off or he's available in your league because nobody's picked him up because uh, Kittle's going to be out for a long time. But he had a good game the other day against the Saints. He looked, he looked very good. I would just point out that he's, if he's out there, he could be a guy that helps you out over the last three to four weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, he made a spectacular catch uh, uh, this past week against the Saints. It didn't really matter because it was third down play, and he ended up being a couple of yards short. But, like, he literally one-handed a ball uh, off the ground and uh, and he just shows like his ability and what he's capable of. So yeah, um, I'm with you. And I think there's going to be some interesting guys to pick up down the stretch uh, for for a myriad of reasons. Uh, it could be COVID, it could be injury, it could be teams wanting to give players a chance to play down the stretch to see what they have. So yeah, I think this always makes for an interesting time of the year. Similar to kind of what the Jets are going to do with their running back situation. So I think uh, as it gets closer and deeper into the season, uh, there'll be some real interesting pickup opportunities uh, for the fantasy football playoffs that uh, you know we'll, we'll be interested to talk about. Indeed. Uh, so, you know, it's funny. We're going to be talking a lot about these teams, so I'm not, not sure how in-depth I'm going to go right this second because we have for Thursday night we're going to be talking about Seattle and Arizona. We've talked a little bit about that play already by Hopkins, and, and certainly Russell Wilson has been forced to do a lot, and teams have been coming at him with pressure, and he's been turning the ball over. A little bit of a mess in Seattle right now. Tyler Lockett is also hurt coming into this game. I made a move last week in one of my leagues, actually, where I have Tyler Lockett, and I, and I, I needed a spot. I needed a receiver, and I picked up Moore, David Moore, the, the receiver there, just in case if something would have happened to Lockett. Um, so something to pay attention to because he did not practice the last two days, so let's see if we'll give it a go today in practice, but he's got a little bit of a knee sprain that he's dealing with. Uh, but we'll be talking about in detail about these two teams. I don't know if there's anything I, I really want to add right this second because I do want to talk a lot tomorrow night about it. Um, the, the one team I do want to talk about in this division is the Rams. Uh, and, you know, you want to talk about trying to figure out a backfield. So uh, <laughs> all three players are getting in there. All three players look good when they're in there. Uh, I think even on the receiver side, they're throwing the ball to basically five, six guys. And Reynolds has become a force the last few weeks. Uh, the offense has been – has been they've, the Ram offense has actually been having a lot of plays on the field the last few weeks in, in terms of plays run. Uh, so it would be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm sure Reynolds is sitting on a lot of waiver wires. Uh, you know, we made a trade for Tyler Higby in one league. He looked a little bit better this week, but but Everett got in there and scored. So uh, the Rams are another one of these teams where they have a lot of different players that they can sprinkle in, and, and you don't know who is going to be the guy in one particular game. And, uh, you know, just... I, again, I, I'm a Robert Woods owner in a couple of leagues. You know, the last couple of weeks, he hasn't done a hell of a lot. So, yeah, just something to think about. It's just it's just a challenge sometimes to figure out what these coaches are going to do. But, you know, there are three good running backs in the Rams, and there are probably five guys that could catch the ball here as well. Yeah, I think the, the big story for the Rams is the Andrew Wentworth 
uh, injury. And the Rams love to run some of this tricky play action where Jared Goff actually turns his back to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, he's either, you know, trying to do the same thing every play where he's either looking like he's going to hand it off or he's rolling out. But he literally has his back to the line, to, to the, to the rush. And my goodness, um, I'm concerned without, with that injury, uh, without Wentworth, who's not only a great player, but he's a real veteran, really understands what the other team is trying to do. He studies the other team and, and their habits, uh, and their tells. And that's a big, big loss that should not go underrated or unnoticed or not talked about because I think it's going to affect, um, some of the fantasy players on the Rams and, uh, it may affect Jared Goff and the Rams in general as well. That's a that's a that's a great point. It was a touching scene, you know, a couple of players from Seattle. He's a very respected guy in this league. Been in the league a long time. Bengals first, but the last last bunch of years he's been been with the Rams and and a great point that losing a player of that caliber where this is already kind of a weakish offensive line uh, is something that you definitely have to pay attention to. So I, I, when you're a right-handed quarterback, when you're a right-handed quarterback, I mean, that left tackle is just so invaluable. Uh, it's really a blind side and um, you have so much trust that they're going to, you know, pick up a blitz and, and make the right calls and do the right thing. And uh, that's a bad combination, like losing him and then having to have somebody else in there that's uh, going to try and fill in. So yeah, I don't know how that's going to affect the Rams, but if you get on top of the Rams and uh, yeah, it could be, it could be a difficult situation. You may see, you may see some uh, of the ugly Jared Goff, which we saw uh, last year. So uh, we'll, have, we'll have to see how that offensive line holds up without Wentworth. Yes, and they're going to get tested big time uh, Monday night because they are playing against the, you know, probably a top three defense in the NFL this year. And it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who do who have some excellent pass rushes. So the test comes right away. Oh, there's no, yeah, there's, there's no question about that. I mean, if Tampa Bay gets on top of them, um, it could be, it could be a difficult evening for uh for, for Jared Goff and the Rams, so we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll have to see how that goes. All right, very good. Uh, do Do you want to talk any uh, any any points on Seattle or Arizona, or do you want to kind of keep that for tomorrow night? I will definitely save that. I mean, that that was what a terrific game, what an amazing game they played the first time around, and then coming off the heels of the Arizona win and the way Seattle's played, it really makes for an interesting trajectory of the two teams. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it, we'll, we'll save that for, for tomorrow night. All right, fantastic. So, uh, so tomorrow that, morning, actually. Yep. 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 So that's, uh, that's a wrap-up on the, on, the, on the Week 10 recap. And as we start to look uh, forward for Week 11, this is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast here on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. You know, like I said, make sure you subscribe. We've been trying to help you guys each and every week uh, and gals. And uh, hopefully you're listening and learning uh, we're enjoying doing it, and uh, you know, please feel free subscribe. Make sure you listen, Wiz. I wish you a good rest of this uh, cold November day, and look forward to catching up tomorrow. You can do the same. Thanks a lot.